on a pod my name is peyton and joining me as always is my brother parker happy new year man what's up man happy new year 2024 no better way to kick it off than with a new podcast dropping right and we are excited to get into the college football and nfl football that took place this past week and also get a look into the very last week of the nfl season which is so bittersweet but um we're going to go into the playoffs right after that. So we're not done quite yet, but if you're a fan of one of the non-playoff teams, we're going to be talking about your final game of the season. I'll tell you what, man, making this show doc one, it took me a while because this is like one of the hardest ones to make, you know, because we're coming up. You have to think of all the scenarios that could happen, what games are going to be important and why. And I'm super excited to talk about it because there are so many possibilities coming up with this week's football ahead of us. So let's just, uh, let's just dive right into it. I'm excited. Yeah, sure. And uh, we'll go ahead and cover the college football stuff first. I I think that uh, we'll just get that out of the way. We had a couple of bowl games uh, that took place. The obviously we had the playoff games, but the non college football playoff games, we had Mizzou beating Ohio State 14 to three. We had Ole Miss beating Penn State 38 to 25. We had Georgia, of course, demolishing FSU 63 to three. And I know that you included these, but I I just got to say this. These mean nothing to me. No, they. They don't. The only reason I put them on the dock is because it's like, you know, they they used they, they used to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But these are like, you know, the top 10, top 15 teams that play postseason. You don't see any of the starters really or anything like it's, that. So it doesn't really matter. I, I really hate that it has come to that, though. I, there was a point in time where these games would be a huge talking point immediately after they happened. I mean, especially in that Orange Bowl. Had this Orange Bowl been played maybe even five years ago, I think it's a totally different type of game and the reception and even the way that these two teams play each other. I mean, it it's lost not only its inherent value, but also any kind of credibility, I think, has been completely lost with any of the non-playoff bowl games at this point. Yeah, I I mean, I definitely agree. I, I feel like, this, like the spirit behind it is kind of gone. You know, it's yeah. like... Uh, and even Kirby Smart agrees. So it, they, I mean, yeah. they won, and he was even saying that it's a problem because of the way that the system has changed with NIL and the portal, that it's created a bowl system that no longer serves any kind of justice or purpose for the players or the teams or the fan bases for that matter. Which hopefully the 12 team playoff will help because then these games are going to be the games that we see in the first couple rounds of the college football playoff. Yeah, I I agree, man. I I think that college football is going into a kind of different direction. I mean, I don't want to get off on a tangent. It's kind of an off-season conversation. But it's kind of moved to a different direction where because of the NIL, because of the 12-team playoff or the 18-team playoff, whatever it is, it's going to change the way the the it's set up like a league, you know? Yes. Yeah. Like, it's, it's well, going to change. And we're getting completely. into, like, the Power 2 conference era as well between the Big yeah. Ten and the SEC. Well, well uh, you know, just to talk about teams from those conferences, though, that are going to be in those conferences next year that played each other, uh, we'll go ahead and talk about the first game that took place, the Rose Bowl, which it, it felt like a Rose Bowl. I mean, the Rose Bowl is obviously, one, if not the most prestigious uh, venue in college football. Uh, oh, yeah. It's definitely the most prestigious bowl game of any of them. And... Michigan defeated Alabama 27 to 20 in overtime in what was a great first playoff game. 
I mean, I don't know if you have any main takeaways. I mean, man, it, it was a good football game. Uh, it came down to it, you know, went into overtime, and then Alabama gets on the the three yard line, uh, doesn't execute, doesn't score a touchdown, and that's that, man. Michigan wins the football game. I don't really have like a lot to dive into from that football game. Uh, I mean, I will say that I think Michigan was the better team. It, it they no, definitely I, outplayed I them the entire the entire game. It felt like Michigan was playing so much better than Alabama was, and really. I mean, like it was a good football game, but there was a lot of punting in this game, <laughs> like a lot. So there were some breakaway plays that happened every now and then, but it was a super defensive game, um, especially. I mean, the difference really came to be Michigan's ability to get to Milrow a lot. I mean, he had I think it was close to six sacks on the day, and it seemed like every time he took a sack, it was like a devastating drive killing sack when it happened. So, I, I mean, credit to Michigan kind of getting the monkey off their back after losing uh, the first two playoff appearances that they've been in. They finally get a playoff win and they make it to the national championship game where they'll go on to face the Washington Huskies who defeated the Texas Longhorns 37 to 31 in. And I mean, we had probably the best playoff day that we've ever had. I mean, really, these games tend to be blowouts. And this was the first time where. Both of these games came down to the very end, the last play of the game. And I think it was one of the better days of college football in that regard that we've had really ever. I mean, these are two of the best games, especially given how much is on the line that have taken place in at least the last decade. Yeah, I mean, Washington should have won that game by 11 points. They kind of yeah. gave Texas a great opportunity. They're very, um, very, Almost nearly like a choke of the century. If yeah, they lost that oh, game. absolutely. I mean... Watching that one was exciting. So it, we're losing by 11 and we're about to onside kick it. And I call dad and he's like, yeah, man, I mean, we get this onside great. If not, you know, it is what it is. He turns off TV, goes to bed. Sure enough, dude, we, they have an injury, the third down injury. That was so key to making the clock stop with 50 seconds left on third down when Texas was out of timeouts. They yeah. could have ran it down to like 12, you know, after the punt and everything, Texas had 12 seconds yeah. and 70 yards to go. I call dad and say, so there's a chance. He's like, what do you mean there's a chance? And at this point, we're on the 30 yard or the 28 with like 20 something seconds left. Yeah. And and dad's like, oh my gosh, I turned it off. Went back, turned it back on. I, I haven't talked to him about it since, but that game was really exciting. The penalty from, you know, the catch interference from the punt returner, that, that's something you can't really do, but exciting game, exciting day of football. Super pumped. Yeah. The only thing I'll say about the uh, I mean, obviously, Michael Penix, I, I'm not going to say anything groundbreaking here, but I, I, we may not have had as much time to talk about it during the regular season, considering that we have talked a lot of NFL. Uh, but man, I I am so happy that Michael Penix is finally getting the flowers he's deserved. He's played this well all season. He was kind of snubbed from the Heisman, if you ask me, based on being the reason why this team is undefeated up to this point and going to the national championship game. Uh, they've been an, an underdog pretty much in every major game they've played in this season, including both games to Oregon. And I, I think that they, this game it should give them, we should give them all the credit that they deserve uh, up to this point. Obviously they're going to play Michigan, a tough team, a really interesting matchup. I mean, from styles, I mean, Michigan is so ground and pound, play tough defense, whereas Washington is this air it out. Michael Penix is a gunslinger at quarterback. It's almost like polar opposites, and it's going to be interesting to see which of those styles comes out on top 
uh, whenever we watch the national championship game. Enough of that, but I mean, we're not necessarily going to preview that game. We'll talk about it when it happens, but great for both these teams. Unfortunately, hate it that the Longhorns did not win the playoff game. You know, down at that play at the end, I think that I, I was a little surprised that Ewers didn't like gun it in there. It, it seemed like he kind of well, lofted it a little bit. Well, you know, what's weird is all three of those tries they had, um, or four, all four of the tries they had from the 12-yard line to score – um, I didn't like any of the options they went with. Like none of them looked like like a, oh that's a that's a good shot at the end zone. You know, like none of them were like oh that's a decent look. I don't care if he caught it or not, but at least I, I think you know you get four tries at it. You got to get one play that's like ooh that was a decent look. That yeah. was a good look at scoring, whether I you know. catch it or don't. And and they look like all four were just kind of eh. Totally but agree. Other, and, other the last that, one was probably the best one, honestly. Yeah, but. Washington deserves to win the game. Uh, yeah. Washington outplayed Texas, and they deserve yeah. everything going forward against Michigan. But yeah. enough college football. All right, so uh, aside from football, before we get into this NFL talk, um, I want to talk some youth basketball news uh, coming from <laughs> Ormond, coming from Ormond Beach. We got the Ormond Beach Magic played uh, sometime this past week, and Tricky Tank, Isaac, our younger brother, dropped his first double-double. With uh, 15 points, 10 rebounds, three assists for the Ormond Magic. And I believe it was three oatmeal cream pies he ate after the game, which also adds to his stat line. And I just want to give it up for Tank, man, putting on for the pod. Post-game meal of champions in those three oatmeal cream pies. So congratulations, Isaac, on your first double-double in the season opener, nonetheless. It, he didn't even need a warm-up. So. And that that might be the most impressive part of his stat line. Let's just go ahead and, and, and say that three at, at my age, dude, three oatmeal cream pies would just like put me out. Like my, my stomach would like turn over. Absolutely. I would be, <laughs> especially going to in recovery. I would, that's not the last yeah. thing that I want to eat in recovery mode. Dude, I'm like cramping already. I'm like, oh yeah, these oatmeal cream pies will fix it. <laughs> I can just <laughs> see myself. But anyways, good job, Tank. Uh, nice double double. Yeah. Uh, keep working hard. We'll keep you guys updated on if Tank drops any more big weeks yeah. coming forward. Yeah, and uh, just a note, I don't want you guys to think that we forgot about basketball. Um, I'm still pretty plugged into the NBA. We're we're still following. It's just right now is kind of the not dead period of the NBA because, I mean, obviously games are happening. There's a lot of trade talk happening right now. I mean, we just had OG and Anobi get traded to the Knicks and then sending RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly to the Raptors. Which side of that trade do you like the most? I, I saw that trade. Which which side you, do you like? You know, I actually find it to be like one of the more even trades I've seen in a while because it it kind of gives what both teams really need. First off, with the Knicks, I actually think it's an upgrade over R.J. Barrett pretty much at the same position. So OG is going to fill in the R.J. Barrett spot. And they already had a ton of guards. So I know that Quickly's young, but like they really had an excess at that position. So they could be okay moving quickly, especially with Jalen Brunson becoming a borderline all NBA type of guard, really. Yeah, he's really emerged for that team. And then they still have Julius Randle, who just, yeah. you know, he does his thing. Yeah. And then and even at, even at the guard position, like they have guys like Quentin Grimes and they have Josh Hart still, which I mean, I know that people don't love Josh Hart, but he's still a decent guard. Is, Eman- like- is Emmanuel quickly healthy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was just making sure he was healthy because I didn't know if he was going over there with like any injuries or anything. So they'll get yeah. Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett, which is I, I think it's good for I think it's good yeah. for the Raptors. And I think RJ Barrett getting a fresh start 
in a not huge mark. I mean, he, you got to think he remember he was the third overall pick in that Zion. Oh, he had a draft. lot of oh, dude, he had a lot of pressure on him. Everyone thought yeah. that he might have been the best guy in that draft. Yeah. And I don't know that he was ever meant to be that guy. But the, the cool thing about it is he's going back to Toronto. He grew up in Canada. So I think he might be a little bit more comfortable in that environment and maybe able to foster his growth a little bit better. It just as a result of that. So I, and obviously I think that Manuel quickly is a good gift for them too. He's a, you know, really, really, I mean, I know his name's quickly, but he's a really fast, speedy guard who can shoot. He can, you know, be a slasher. Uh, and I think that him and Scotty Barnes are going to be a really cool, like pick and roll pairing uh, in Toronto. You know, I think that that kind of, th- this Toronto team was one of those teams that just had no juice to them. If you ask me, and I think this kind of helps out giving them a lot of youth and just a, a really just a, a breath of fresh air. is what it is. Yeah. Me. I mean, like when you look at their starting lineup now, it's like, Oh, okay. So they got, they got Emmanuel quickly, RJ Barrett, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam and Yaka Pertle. It's like, yeah. okay, you're kind of, you're kind of working with something there. It, that makes yeah. a little bit more sense than when it was before, you know? No, I agree. Yeah, before it's like uh, the Raptors aren't even anything to be worried about, and now it's right. kind of they're entering the spot of like, oh, they can get a little, they can get a little dicey. They can get games, like so. playing ish with, yeah, them, you know, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, but no, uh, you know, uh, you know, getting off the NBA, we'll we'll go ahead and shift into our NFL talk. Yeah, let's go ahead and get some NFL, and I'm down. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we have a couple of injury updates. Uh, Jaden Reed injured his ribs. We're not sure of the severity just yet. Uh, Devontae Smith of the Eagles left the game in a boot. He may be out for this upcoming week and maybe even uh, in the playoffs as well. Uh, Marlon Humphrey had a calf injury that he suffered in the Dolphins Ravens game. So he may be out the Ravens defense. They've already clinched the number one seed with the win from this past week, but he may it may linger going into the playoffs, depending on the severity of it. And then probably the biggest injury of the week was the Bradley Chubb knee injury confirmed ACL tear. He is out for the year with Miami. I, I we're not, I don't know if we want to talk about that game just yet, but this compounded with the Jalen Phillips injury, both of their all-star pass rushers are now out for the season. They're not going to have either of them going into the playoffs. And if you ask me, I, I really feel a lot less confident in Miami's ability to be taken as a Super Bowl contender with these two guys out. And I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah, man. I I mean, that's going to really hurt the Dolphins defense and the Dolphins defense um, this year has been very spotty to me. You know that some some weeks they show up and play really well, turn the ball over, score points. Other weeks, it's like they kind of get picked apart. Um, Now having Jalen Ramsey back, I thought they might have had been a threat more on defense, you know, having all three of their pieces. But yeah, I mean, Bradley Chubb going out really hurts this team and their offense is really going to have to just hit on all cylinders if their defense is going to be this patchy. You know, just some milestones that happened this past week. We'll talk about the games individually, but uh, you noted that Tyreek Hill in that Dolphins-Ravens game became the first player with back-to-back 1,700-yard receiving seasons, so great for him. I, I don't I don't think he's going to, you know, be the first to 2K. I, I think it's going to be a lot. He's going to need over 200 yards receiving, which is not out of the possibility for him. He's done it a couple times, but... No, and I think in this game, it'll be one that he has to, and yeah. he's kind of taken the last two weeks pretty easy with that ankle injury, so... Yeah, maybe that's kind of like, you know, coming back to full health. Uh, he might be able to turn it on against the Bills, but we'll see. Yeah. And then uh, C.D. Lamb, your Dallas Cowboy broke the Cowboys single season record for receptions and receiving yards. And, you know, we'll we'll get to that uh, in a minute. And then lastly, just the model of consistency in the NFL. Mike Tomlin has another winning season in the books. 
17 straight. That's it, it, he is. I believe there's only two coaches ever in front of him to do that. I know one is Bill Belichick. I forget the other one, but he's 17 the third coach straight. To, to do 17 or more straight winning seasons. And, and you know, what's even more impressive about that is you see how much like you see the team now and they're not what the Steelers are like known to be, you know, like oh, this, they're, yeah. they're not a threat they're, and he just, but it's, and it's been that way the last, what, three, four seasons for, for the Steelers. Ever since Ben kind of hasn't been Ben, you know, whenever Ben Roethlisberger was basically just standing still and not able to move, that's, he's been doing that for this long, which feels like almost six years at this point. Yeah. And, and he's still just winning season after winning season after winning season, just yeah. impressive by him, but good organization sort of shows. And uh, we'll go ahead and transfer into our actual game recaps. And we'll go to Thursday night where the Browns beat the Jets 37 to 20. And I know that DeMar Hamlin, uh, obviously great story for him to come back and be healthy after, you know, obviously almost dying on the football field. However, and people probably don't want to say this out loud because they're worried about, you know, oh, that you know, I'm with you. Say it. I'm with you. Say it. No, say it. I'm with you. I Joe Flacco is the comeback player of the year to me. And this is not like an original take. This is a thing that's been that a lot of people have been kind of hopping on. And I'm definitely hopping on the bandwagon because I cannot remember a just completely out of the league quarterback in his near 40s. I think I can't I don't know how old Joe Flacco is. He's almost 40. I know that all of a sudden coming off of the waivers or off the practice squad and becoming a I would say Right now, he's playing like a top 12 quarterback in the league. Right right now, he's like Cleveland's icon. It's like LeBron went back to Cleveland yeah. and just revived the team. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's just – and I, I love it, dude. I, I love the – I love that take. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. It is a really – it is a really good story, DeMar and Hamlin, happening what happened, you know, coming back to play football. I totally understand that. But DeMar Hamlin and is not – He's not changing the game. He's not making any highlight plays. And I, I don't yeah. mean that in any way. It's great that he's even on the field playing football. Right. But Joe Flacco is about to come off the couch. <laughs> right. Almost roll into the, the Browns, roll into the Browns facility. And he's been on the couch for probably a couple of years. Uh, and, well, I mean, well, he, he's well, no, been no, no, on no. and off rosters. No, for sure. no. Yeah. No, I mean, practice and all that, but I'm talking live oh, and in yeah. a game. He's been, you know, just going through the motion for two years. Uh, yeah. When he has to. And he, he, I don't know the last, he, the last time he's probably played meaningful football games was probably when he was on the Ravens. Yeah. And now he walks into the Browns facility. He leads the Browns, uh, against their, what last four opponents to wins. And yeah, he sets the Brown up Browns up to, to go into the playoffs with a full head of steam. And I love the story. I love the Joe Flacco story as well. So if I had to pick one, it, it's comeback player of the year. It has to be Joe Flacco. I couldn't agree more with you, Parker, but we'll go ahead and move on to the Saturday night football game. That was also labeled as Monday night football on ESPN, it, which confused my wife. She was like, is today Monday? And I'm like, no, it's Saturday. And she was then annoyed because of, of the fact that there was NFL football on Saturday. Uh, but we had the Dallas Cowboys defeating the Detroit Lions 2019. And I don't really want to say defeating because... I don't know that the Cowboys deserve to win this game. Okay. Uh, do, do you want me to just give my takes or? Yes. <laughs> okay. Because this is big. This is a big controversy. And I've heard 
all kinds of things. And I, I am a Dallas Cowboys fan, but I will look at it as a football game. Okay. This is uh, if this was bears Falcons, I'm going to talk about it the same way. Okay. I understand there's the video of the players running up to the ref and <laughs> they are telling the ref who to, uh, who, who is eligible, right? right? Who's play. reporting is eligible. Reporting is eligible. Now we've all heard the audio. The ref comes out and says, player 70 is now eligible. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So I know that there's audio, but the video very clearly shows that 70 is like all the way across the field. No, no, <laughs> I agree. I agree. So hear me out. Okay. I agree. Okay. So, so hear me out. All right, here we go. 70 is across the field and not really across the field. He's like a few players back. Sure. I, I, yeah. Yeah. So 68 goes on and he goes, okay, referee calls number 70, right? We all agree right. on that. Everyone's right. heard it. The referee yes. says 70 is eligible. Yes. Okay. Lions call the play. They hike the ball. Number 68 goes out for a pass. Boom. Catches it. Right. Yes. And all right. Looking at it from outside. It is the ref's fault that he called the wrong player's number. It is not on the Lions at all. No. But it but is also not on the Cowboys. No, I know the Cowboys that. guarded number 70. Okay, so hear me out. So let's say and they and then they get a five yard penalty, right? Right. They do. Yes. They get a five yard penalty and then they still go for it. it. Down. Still go for it. Okay. They can they could kick the extra point and tie it up. They still decide to go for it. We go off sides. They are then down on the two. Five yard penalty or the two, there was two and a half or three. So yeah, another five yard penalty. So then they decide to go for it again for the third time when they right. could kick the extra point and tie the ball game up and go to right. overtime. And they don't get it. So, number one, the controversy, it should not fall on the Cowboys. It should not fall on the Lions. That is all the referee's fault. And honestly, if the referee would have called number 68's number, I hate to tell you, the Cowboys probably would have thought, oh, hey, we need to mark number 68 instead of marking number 70. So who knows if you would have been open in the first place, if that yeah. makes sense. No, and, no I, I get it. I get it. And the I game should have been done if Mike McCarthy would have just ran the football on second and 13 instead of throwing the ball deep and out of bounds and stopping the clock. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mike McCarthy might be the worst NFL coach when it comes to time management and when it comes to challenging. He is, he is scared to throw the challenge flag when in crucial moments, and he sucks at time management. He is he is the worst in the league. I will I will sound off on that and, until the lights go out, dude. Mike McCarthy is the worst time manager in the NFL. Yeah, which obviously we think that that probably is going to rear its head on playoffs at some point. We don't know when, but and he, he I, also, I could almost guarantee it's going to happen at some point. He also might be a bottom five play caller. He is terrible. He throws the ball. 90% of the time he shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, but I will say like it, there was no successful run game at all in this game. I mean, it, no, it, I don't I, know I how agree. many time I, I saw it as a Tony Pollard fantasy owner in, in championship week. I watched freaking. And I know as a Dallas Cowboys fan, you're like, trust me, I watch it every week, but I watched this game and I could not tell you how many times I watched Tony Pollard do absolutely nothing on the ground. Okay, but we gained zero yards on the incomplete pass, and all we did was stop the clock. That's right. what I'm getting at is why aren't you running the football? Why right, are you right, why right. are you throwing the ball in general? And right. another thing to Dak, Dak being an elite quarterback, Dak being eight years in the league, why do you not check out of that and go, ah, no, we're gonna run this? 
Uh, yeah, I, I think it, there it, is also decks, some seniority at this point for him. Yes, too. for him, it's, hey, that's probably not a smart play to run. Yes, we might have the look for it, but we could also run the ball, eat some of the clock, and maybe go for something on third if we really need a first down to end this game. Right, right. I'm with you. Um, so, I, I think we've talked about that, Ignacio. I, I do think that the Lions outplayed the Cowboys a little bit, but the Cowboys obviously end up with the win, and we'll leave it at that. So we, we're we going to move on to the Sunday games, and more most important game, at least result-wise, is the Baltimore Ravens, as we mentioned, locking up the one seed in the AFC with a dominant win against the Dolphins, 56-19. to And like you said here, uh, we're going to talk about the Walmart MVP race. My comment is, what MVP race? Because it's over. Well, that well, I didn't Vince know. Vince Carter, but, it's over. <laughs> I didn't know what else to put there, so I I wanted to put Lamar MVP, but then I typed race just because like yeah. it, he's 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 leading the race. It's done. Yeah, it, he is the league MVP. There's no shot at him winning this if you or losing it. I should say if you ask me. Um, I no. I, I know I you know there's been a couple of calls that we had, especially I I would say preseason and midseason. Midseason, there's two in particular. There's one that we're gonna talk about later that you and Leb have been on, which was the Rams. And then there's me with the Lamar MVP. And I, I I don't want to say this, but like I, I put my money where my mouth is preseason. And I, unfortunately uh, I won the Lamar MVP preseason MVP bet. Unfortunately it was 14 to one and I only put five bucks on it. (laughs) So, you know, it's like classic Peyton. Classic well, it was, dude. You know. I have twenty five bucks that I placed back in like July for Indianapolis to win the division, and it might happen. It might. You. It, that's you know. That's it, a crazy it, one too. And it was free play. It's like plus. It's yeah. like plus two twenty five or something like that, yeah. or two fifty. Well, I win sixty bucks, which is like <laughs> sweet. But at and, the same time, it's like really wish it would be more. <laughs> another another thing is another thing is that. <laughs> They did it without AR, which is the crazy part to me. That's, never- that is the nuts part. We'll get to the car, the Colts in a minute, but uh, we'll let's focus on the Ravens for a minute. Uh, I do want to focus on the Lamar thing because the most interesting part of the about the Lamar MVP this year is that people are gonna, if you haven't been keeping up with the Ravens this year, you would assume that he just did it running the ball and like having okay passing numbers. The thing is, he he probably met his passing numbers from a Vegas standpoint, he didn't really excel that much, but it was more so how hot he got at the end of the season and just how composed he played in the biggest games. So, you know, we, we talked about this in the mid season uh, review where he was going to have these games in prime time against these big teams that he was going to have to perform well in. And if he did, you should probably consider him for the MVP. He could win it easily. And that's exactly what happened. And I'm not trying to say like, look at me. I'm just saying that, the, the the path that led up to it is almost the reason why I would say it's different than his first MVP. And he's really the only MVP that I can think of that's won it twice because there's not a whole lot of them that have won two time MVPs, which alone is a really cool feat for him to, to accomplish. Can but, you name a couple of them? Uh, um, I, Mahomes, like Mahomes Peyton Manning, Manning Favre. Um, Rod- I think Rogers Marino, only has one, right? Yeah. Rogers. No, Rogers has two. Brady uh, has two. Brady, I think only has one. I think Marino. Uh, actually, I think Brady has two. Uh, Marino has two, I think. And then um, you get to like some of the older guys. But the, the, yeah. that's just a short list of some of the names on the list. And then Lamar joins that company. And that's a pretty that's crazy elite, elite and company. The cool thing about it is of the people on that list, 
Lamar is the only person I can think of on that list to do it in two different ways. Because the first time he did it, he was running like crazy. And he broke the single season rushing record at quarterback. Um, had a pretty decent passing passing year, but nothing like prolific from a from an efficiency standpoint or anything like that. And this year, he did it just by being a super well-balanced quarterback and actually playing the quarterback position as a thrower incredibly well. And I think that it's really cool to see him accomplish it in both ways. And I think it shows just how, how versatile and how much growth uh, Lamar has had over these years. Oh man, he threw for five touchdowns this week. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's throwing the ball well. So yeah, like he hasn't um, had that many rushing touchdowns this year, relatively. So so Miami makes the playoffs. Matter. Okay, Miami makes the playoffs. Are they contenders or frauds? I wanted to definitely ask this. Question. Uh, probably. Oh. I I think that like we talked about with the defensive issues, especially with both those ends being out, I'm leaning towards frauds because I don't know that they are going to be able to generate enough pressure on defense to really make up for those two being out. That's really the reason why I think they might be frauds. All right. Let's uh let's move on to this next really important game. Yeah. Uh this was crucial. Yeah, and the Cardinals uh which this not only has some this has a lot of implications this game. Uh defeated the Eagles in Philadelphia 35 to 31 and Eagles like this is like alarms are going off and it's like warning warning. It's like a Defcon Probably three right now for them, if you ask yeah. me. I mean, it, it's 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 insane how they are just letting this all slip away. Yeah, I ever mean, since they, they beat have, Kansas City, it has just slipped downhill. Yeah, and they have a just like on a platter opportunity to take away the division and just coast it out. Have two easy games to close out the division, and then lo and behold, they slip up, and now Dallas, as you say, is in the driver's seat to win the East, which I'm sure you feel great about at this point. Yeah. And uh, remember that stat we talked about on episode one, the NFC yes. preview. Yes. Um, no one has, true. no one has won the NFC East two years in a row in the past 20 years. The same team since, since 2004, I believe is what I saw. Yeah. That's the 20th season in a row. It'll be. Yeah. Um, and the Eagles won it two years in a row yep. uh, last time. So, it, it is just insane to me that it just stays true. It's just like the NFC East is that competitive. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm not saying that this is the same situation, but like, because this is a little bit overreactionary because they did just lose to the Cardinals. So, which is woof rough, but um, I will say it does feel like the Eagles might be a little like Minnesota ish from last year where there's some clear issues and people, even though they, they win a lot of games and are kind of squeaking ones out against some teams that you might not expect them to win against that there are some serious issues that we think will come to bite them in the playoffs and in this case it's their defense I mean their defense is playing some of the worst football in the league right now uh there's I mean right now it's it's really surprising I mean obviously we knew that they were young I I think that's starting to show a little bit is that there's a lot of young guys on this defense and not enough experienced high quality playmakers to maintain the consistency that they had even going back to last year where the last year's defense looked a lot different than this one does. Yeah. And another thing about the Eagles that just blows my mind is you look at their roster and I I know how good the Niners roster looks really uh, as well, but you look at their roster and their roster is, it's right there is the best in the NFL. I mean, if you look at it name by name, position by position, 
Um, you know, Jalen Hurts, I take him over Brock Purdy um, any day. And that that's a big gap there just in the quarterback position. But you look at roster name by name. I mean, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, you got Brandon Ayuk and uh, Debo Samuel. I mean, it is uh, – but when as far as key players go, even on the defensive side, they have questionably the best roster in the NFL, and they're letting all this happen. So, right. so something's just not adding up. Something's not right. Yeah, and I mean, like, they, they made a switch at D.C. to Matt Patricia, which, like, that didn't help at all. But uh, moving on to oh, – oh, one more thing I will talk about. I think that Kyler Murray is playing with the intent of trying to prevent the Cardinals from trying to draft another quarterback <laughs> because Oh, he, I think Kyler just wants help. He uh well that too, but but you got to think that if the Cardinals are in the third pick or so and I I, I they might be tempted to take a quarterback whereas it, with this win, I believe the Cardinals are now outside of the top 3 in the draft order. So, uh for Kyler, I think this is a really just a great thing for him because I don't think there's necessarily any worry about his job at this point. Uh, they right. play the Seahawks this upcoming week, so they could even win another game. And then it's not even a consideration that they take a quarterback in the draft. So, but moving on, uh, we have this, the Seahawks game to talk about where uh, they actually do not do themselves any favors and lose to the Steelers. Um, we did talk about Mike Tomlin getting another winning season, but in regards to the Seahawks, I mean, they, they're kind of, yeah, I mean, we talked about them being a candidate for a second half slump, but this has been a lot more than I probably could have even expected. Um, they find themselves in the hunt and they're not in the wild card seeds anymore as they were before this game. And they're going to need some help getting in. I mean, the, the defense has not been very good recently. Uh, they're even benching guys like Jamal Adams, who they're paying a ton of money uh, there. Tariq Woolen has been not as good as he has been, but. Uh, I mean, what do you see in the Seahawks team? And I mean, do you think that you would agree in saying that they are not a playoff caliber team at this point? I mean, the Seahawks have moments where you're just like, wow, you know, they, they look like they can run with anybody. And then they have days like this where you're like, they they really just, it's like they're underwhelming in the, in these moments, like super underwhelming. And it's, yeah. it, you hate to see it because I feel like Seattle does have the talent to, to even pull off an upset in the wild card round of the playoffs. And right. they're just letting the ones that they should be able to win slip away and they're doing yeah. it to themselves. So they can still get in, but like it says here, it's out of their control and uh, they really need some help from the other guys that are playing for them. Yeah. Uh, moving on the Kansas city chiefs. We won't go into this game so much, but they defeat the Bengals uh, in arrowhead 25 to 17 uh, Bengals have been eliminated from the playoffs. Chiefs clinched the division and they, are pretty much, I mean, there's not really much else that can happen with the Chiefs at this point. Um, I mean, their seeding can change slightly, but they're locked in to a top four seed. Uh, Going to play a home game, at least in the first round. So, I mean, I think it is important to say with this Chiefs team, I mean, do we really see them being able to compete for a Super Bowl this year in this, I mean, in this current iteration of the Chiefs? I mean, you remember the Tom Brady conversation? Every, I mean, the Patriots would get there and they'd be like, "Yeah, but do we really see them winning a the Super Bowl this year?" Yeah, and yeah. it's like, "Yeah, but they have Tom Brady." So in this case, it's yeah, they have Patrick Mahomes. So right. they always are going to have a chance, you know, if you have him playing quarterback. But dude, I'm so tired of seeing his receivers drop balls. I it mean, gets, that's expected it, at this point. I know it just gets so old. I feel so bad for the guy. And, Honestly, these receivers, like, dude, they're being given gifts. Like, these balls are right on the money. Mm -hmm. and Absolutely. 
and they just can't put their hands on it. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. They they are going to add a wide receiver, at least one, maybe even two to this group. I mean, they might draft a guy and then they might even sign like a veteran possession guy, if I had to guess, because they are just they just need talent at that position that they don't have right now. They'll go uh, get moving. somebody like like Michael Thomas. You watch Michael Thomas will leave. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it, and he'll pick, go play you know, Patrick Mahomes. Old veteran who we haven't ever considered as even relevant in the last three years. And then all of a sudden he's, you know, resurged. As that's what I'm. A, that's what I'm saying. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be somebody yeah. like that. It's going to be right. funny. But like Julio let's, uh, Jones from this past week. Yeah, like tried to make the All Dogs <laughs> first team. I'm like, God dang! First yeah, ten right. minutes. First right. ten minutes of the game. But anyways, right. let's let's move on away from this Bengals uh, Chiefs game. Yeah, yeah. Moving into a pretty relevant uh, NFC South game here. The New Orleans Saints. Just when you thought that the NFC South couldn't get any uglier. Uh, they defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who had a chance to win the division in this game, and they lose 23-13 in Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay now has to win this next week in order to win the division. And if they do not, that leaves an open door for either the Saints or the Falcons to win. And I, I guess these two teams are the likely outcomes for who would win the division. I, I don't necessarily see the Saints uh, losing to the Falcons next week. So we think it's going to be one of these two guys. Uh, winning the division and if that's the case you know I'll, I'll ask you this question first I mean which of these two do you think is more likely to pull off an upset against whoever the five seed will end up being whether it be Philly or Dallas I I see it being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the team in that scenario I don't know if you have a different opinion I just think that their offense um, if if Baker can play like Baker played a couple weeks ago um, they can, their offense can shoot out with anybody. I mean, with the names they have on offense, Rashad White being consistent, and uh, Mike Evans, they can find him in the red zone a couple times, find him in yeah. big first down scenarios. That's the difference for this Bucks team. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, a couple of turnovers, one by Rashad White, and I believe uh, a receiver actually had a fumble in this game as well for the Bucks. I mean, that was the difference in this game. Um. Really, so if you don't have those turnovers, I think this game's a lot closer. And I mean, maybe the Bucks even pull it out. So I mean, I would Chris, also agree Chris Goblin had a really nice one at the end that I yeah I yeah we can we can uh, talk about that. So um, just to give some insight, my phone died towards the end of some of these games, so I had to actually watch these back. And th- there was a time where I was it, it, at, in the fantasy playoff championships that we spoke about last week. I was losing at one point until the Kyler Murray explosion happened and uh, my phone was dead. So I was actually unaware of this, but Parker, uh, as soon as my phone comes back on calls me and I have no idea what's happened at this point. And I I mean, the Bucks game was out of hand. It was 23 to six at that point, I believe. And Parker calls me and tells me that I lost our fantasy championship because Chris Godwin had a garbage time, 80 yard touchdown which just I, I'm glad that I wasn't watching in real time because I think I would have maybe I, I just wouldn't have recorded this. You were you were up by like you were up by like nine points. Or ten. You were up by like 10. You were up by like 10 points. There was like no time left. I think I think there was nobody left playing except for like Kyron Williams and they were kneeling it out. And Chris Godwin and Chris Godwin, I get the notification that he has an 82 yard touchdown. I'm just like, no way. And it puts me up. I think, by like I think four points. as a require, I think as a requirement, just because of the way that that happened, I think that obviously that was a swing of I think it was like 
250 bucks or maybe yeah, it's about yeah. 250 bucks in money. I think with 50 of those bucks, you should go on fanatics and buy a Chris Godwin, uh, Jersey shirt as a result. <laughs> oh, okay. Will you sign it? <laughs> Me? I sign it. <laughs> yeah. Will you sign it? <laughs> will you autograph funny. it? You know what? Maybe <laughs> if I buy it, you'll no. sign it. You know, maybe, maybe I'll, uh, that'll be your version of the uh, trophy. If you will. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that right. would be awesome. Well, you know, we might actually do that. We'll see. But congrats to the Saints for staying alive in the hunt. And congrats to Parker for beating me in not one, but uh, two fantasy championships. I'm just a loser as always. And I know Parker's usually a loser too, but uh, he finally got off to Schnei. So, uh, and, you know, just when you thought that my losing couldn't get, you know, bad enough. We have uh, the Green Bay Packers <laughs> defeating the Minnesota Vikings on New Year's Eve, uh, 33 to 10. And uh, I watched this whole game and I was not very, uh, I'll say I wasn't engaged. Let's just say that because uh, I had to watch uh, the Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins combination do absolutely jack squat against this Packers defense. Yeah, man, I kind of tuned out of this game. This game went 10 nothing uh, right off the rip. And I knew Jordan Love was going to have a good game in this day or in this game. I called dad, you know, uh, during the Cowboys game as usual and, our cousins, uh, your fellow Vikings fans, decided to talk about the Cowboys like they always do. And I told them, I said, I don't know why you're worried about the Cowboys. You guys got to play Jordan Love tomorrow. He's going to tear you to pieces. And sure enough, he did. If um, you ever notice, I usually stay out of those because I'm usually the most logical. Well, no, I I, I completely understand. But but how much do you really want to talk about the Cowboys when you're a Vikings fan? I mean, we 40 to 3 last time we met. I mean, it's just... And I'm, that's not aimed towards you at all. I just can't stand no, the I banner. It, it's just annoying. Anyways, right. yeah, for Jordan Love. On, yeah, yeah, great Jordan Jordan Love game here. I mean, really good, especially <laughs> given the timing. I mean, Green Bay is fighting for a playoff spot currently. Uh, they're in the seventh seed right now, and they can win, and they're in uh, at this point next week against the Bears. So, uh, and I think that. Jordan Love and Aaron Jones really had both had great games in this one. And Jaden Reed really had a great game too. So, I mean, they have pieces kind of getting hot at the right time that if they get into the playoffs as a seven seed, I will say it wouldn't shock me if they might give some trouble to whoever they play, whether it be Dallas or Philadelphia. Yeah, I agree. That would be a, that'd be a scary one uh, for me, especially being a Dallas fan. If Dallas locks up the two spot, um, but yet again, you know, if Dallas does take the two spot playing at home is really nice. Uh, if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan right now, um, they just seem to be on a roll in, you know, in Dallas, in AT&T stadium. So either way, I, I, I think I wouldn't hate the matchup for the Cowboys, but I'm scared of the Cowboys in playoffs in general. So yeah, that's just me. Uh, we'll move into some games. I mean, we'll go through these ones pretty quickly. The Rams uh, beat the Giants 26-25, a lot closer than they probably wanted to be, but they get a win and they lock in a playoff spot. They are officially a playoff team this year. And uh, yeah, congrats yeah, to baby. Caleb and Parker's prediction from the midseason review. And if you happen to take the uh, plus money that they had to make the playoffs at like plus almost plus 300, I think it was at that time. Congrats to you. So it was uh it was like I plus think 275 were, or something like that. Weren't they like three and six when we said that? They were, yes. So yeah, they great were called by was, you guys. It was rough. I mean, they were three and six, and we were like, oh, they, they could get on a roll here, and they sure did. Yeah, sure did. 
and they clinched it before the last week too. Even better. So yeah. Uh, moving on, we had the 49ers clinch the one seed by being the Commanders and the Eagles losing, so they will have the first round by and home field advantage in the NFC. And then we have the Bills beat the Patriots 27 to 21, uh, strengthening their likelihood of making the playoffs. However, they have not yet locked up a playoff spot. They can still miss the playoffs, uh, even though it is not super likely. It's still a possibility. Um, the next game, I mean, this is not necessarily super relevant to the, um, I guess you could say, playoff zeitgeist. But the Chicago Bears defeated the Atlanta Falcons in Chicago 37 to thir- uh, 17, rather. And they are, the Bears are in a bit of a conundrum here. The fans want fields. I don't know if you saw that place absolutely erupt um, in the blizzard that was happening. I mean, dude, there's a snowstorm it looked like they were playing in. And all you could hear the crowd saying is, we want fields. We want fields. And that's got to be... A- like that's got to be really like a feel good moment for Justin Fields to know yeah, that like, and- dude, this, this city, this fan base, like I know I don't play the style of football that a lot of people play, but they're behind it and they want to see this team get better with me involved. We'll, we'll talk about this a little bit in like the, we're, we're probably going to do like a report card type of episode or like a season retrospective after the Super Bowl, but it's going to be really tough for Ryan Poles to figure out what he's going to do at the quarterback position once the season is over. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more, but I mean, they have locked up the number one overall pick and they have Justin Fields and it's going to be super interesting to see what happens with the future of that franchise uh, in this offseason. Moving into the last set of games, I mean, the uh, Houston Texans stay alive in the playoff race by beating the Titans 26 to three. Uh, CJ Stroud came back and played as good as he has this whole season. And I, I mean, the Colts beat the Raiders as well, 23 to 20. So those teams are going to face each other next week in a win and in it's an elimination game uh, next week. So I, I I think it's important to talk about both of those teams in tandem, considering they're going to be playing each other next week. Maybe not right now, but we'll, we'll talk about this question going into the matchup, I guess. But either of these teams is going to lock up a wild card spot with that win or possibly win the division even. So we'll see what happens at that point. The Jaguars beat the Panthers 26 to zero as David Tepper throws a drink on a fan from the, from the press box, which really, really rough moment for Panthers fans in this one. And then a game, nobody, I mean, this game was super irrelevant. Broncos beat the Chargers 16 to nine. So can we move on? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. All right, Parker. Well, we got the last, uh, I believe this will be the last set of dogs and slugs. Fantasy season's over. This is the last time that fantasy points will be relevant for us going forward. And uh, I'll go ahead and let you go on with the dogs. All right, let's get into it, man. It's been a great year uh, for fantasy. Um, a lot of lot of uh, ups and downs for a lot of these players. And this will be your final first team, all dogs. And no one better to start it out with than the guy that is looking to be MVP by a long shot, and that is Lamar Jackson putting up 46.3 points with one, two, three, four, five passing TDs against this Dolphins defense, 321 passing yards. Um, hard to beat, man. Lamar's the man. Uh, with your RB1, this guy has also been a shocker this year. Uh, 29.1 points going to Kyron Williams, three rushing touchdowns, 101 total yards, uh, just looking like a beast um, this year, all year in fantasy. Uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. And RB2, 
Isaiah Pacheco, 26 points. Um, looking like he's probably just up there with Travis Kelsey in this offense, considering they can't throw the ball to anybody else. So he's doing well in fantasy this year. Great season by him. Let's get into this wide receiver one. My guy, C.D. Lamb, 33.7 points, 13 receptions, 227 yards, and an all-time receiving record for the Dallas Cowboys. Great performance by him. Wide receiver two. This guy, he might have been on like a playoff, like a championship team bench. I, You know, I know you like have to start Devontae Adams, but to me, I feel like he could have been benched considering it's Aiden O'Connell throwing him the ball, and he kind of dropped the ball in the semifinals. What do you think, Peyton? Uh, yeah, I, that's a tough one. Cause he was not playing super well down the stretch. And, uh, you know, if you stuck with your guns and played your studs, I guess, I mean, you know, as far as like where you drafted them, you, you kind of got rewarded in this one. Yeah, absolutely. 126 yards, two touchdowns, tight end, Jawan Johnson, putting up 19 points, uh, making his way on the first team, all dogs list for the first time and the last time for this season. Um, our flex spot, man, DJ Moore, 26.4 points, 159 yards and a touchdown. Dude's a beast, been really good at fantasy this year as well. This kicker, man, I play I faced him in a fantasy playoff this week. Uh Harrison Bucker put up 24 points, six field goals, and an extra point against the um Cincinnati Bengals. So good week for him. And the Houston Texans, 21 points, including six sacks. A uh, really good week for them. That is your first team, all dogs. Now it's time to run through the second team, all dogs. Not going to show as much love as I did to the first team. It's just, you know, last week we're doing it. So trying to stretch it out as long as possible. Second team all dogs quarterback Jordan Love, 34.4 points, four touchdowns, 256 passing yards um, against the Minnesota Vikings. Running back one on the week, James Conner, 25.8 points, had a really good week with two touchdowns as well. Jerome Ford holding down the RB2 spot on the second team all dogs, 25.1 points, two receiving touchdowns, 121 total yards. Wide receiver one, second team all dogs, looking to be an issue that he's injured uh, going forward for this Green Bay team that really. Seems to be finding him. He's probably Jordan Love's favorite target uh, this year, if I had to guess. And Jaden Reed put up 23.9 points, two touchdowns. Wide receiver two, Brandon Ayuk, 20.9 points. Really good week from him. Tied into on the second team, all dogs. Uh, Isaiah Likely, 17.2 points. And the flex, Travis Etienne with 24.8 points and two touchdowns. I hate that Julio Jones didn't make the list. He was just off of it. Yeah, he almost made it just by catching two touchdowns and doing almost absolutely nothing aside from that. So I know <laughs> which would have been funny. He gets an honorary dog this week. But uh, moving on to these slogs, these are just a short list of players that we are going to ship off like a Viking funeral and set them on fire and set them out into the ocean and say goodbye to them for the rest of the fantasy season. And really afterwards, because I'm sure that uh, if you probably are coming across these guys next year in your fantasy drafts, you're probably going to be looking at them and saying, hell no so <laughs> yeah you you you're gonna remember these guys these guys are gonna like haunt you with the whole offseason like man yes james cook put up five points and i really needed him to score nine and a half for me to win my championship <laughs> yeah uh so we had derrick henry at 4.2 points james cook at 5.4 alvin kamara at 6.9 jameer gibbs at 5.3 tony pollard at 5.4 all of those running backs destroyed you this week and they all were definitely started by everybody so uh, hope that you survived them because I sure didn't. Um, going on to some wide receivers that hurt you. T. Higgins, 2.4 points after some monster performances over the past couple weeks. Uh, Devontae Smith, after getting injured, only had six points. 
AJ Brown, huge disappointment considering that he played the whole game and the touchdowns just went to Julio instead of AJ Brown. You know, who would have thought? So 7.3 points for him. Jamar Chase, same thing, 7.1 points. Just not a factor, really. And then Miami's defense, uh, I don't necessarily think you should have played them, but if you did, holy cow, because he got negative seven points. Uh, yeah, I saw them on one starting team, so I threw him in here. And another thing is that, like, different leagues have different defensive settings. Yeah. And in one of my leagues, the Miami's defense had negative 12. So Holy crap. All right, uh, next we are going to go ahead and shift into our last week of the season, uh, but we want to talk about it. We want to first talk about the playoff picture. Uh, playoffs? And Parker, I'm going to go ahead and let you kick it off, and uh, we'll go through this pretty quickly because we are going to talk a little bit about these in the games that we cover. Yeah, this is really just for me and you to refresh our mind on how the standings look before going into the review so we actually can hit on all points that we need to. Right. Um, but... NFC standings, let's go ahead and start off with it, man. We got the 49ers at the one seed. They're 12 and four, clinch and locked. They are going to stay at the one seed. This is where it gets a little sketchy. I mean, the two seed is now Dallas. Um, They're 11 and six. They've clinched a playoff spot, but they haven't clinched. uh, They haven't won their division. So this week we'll really decide that um, against the Washington Commanders, which we'll get to. Uh, Three seed, the Lions right now. They're 11 and six as well. They have clinched their division and a playoff spot. They They are good. The four spot, Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay is not locked. Tampa Bay needs a win this week uh, to stay where they're at. The Eagles are in the five seed currently. Again, uh, we already talked about them with the Cowboys. The six seed is the Rams, and they have clinched a playoff spot. They could drop to the seven seed. It just depends on what happens this week as well. And right now, it's the Packers that are in yep. the NFC. And then in the hunt, you have Seattle, the Saints that are both eight and eight. And then you have the Vikings and the Falcons who are both seven and nine. Yeah. Both of those last two are long shots, but it's not impossible. And then moving that, on to the they're AFC. They're not out of it mathematically. So. Right. Right. Mathematically, quote unquote, for especially the Vikings. There's so much stuff that needs to happen for us to make it. But go ahead into the AFC standings. Yeah, let's get into it, man. We got the number one team. We've already talked about them a bunch this podcast. Uh, the Ravens, 13 and three. They are clinched and locked. They are where they are. Um, they're going to hold field advantage all the way through the playoffs. You have the Dolphins at the two spot. The Dolphins are 11 and five. They have clinched the playoff spot, but they have not yet won their division or clinched the two seed yet. Um, They have a big game coming up this week against the six seed, which we'll get there. Um, Number three, the Chiefs, 10 and six. They have clinched playoff. They have clinched their division. Um, They're in. Their seeding could move, like you said, but they're in the playoffs. They're they're at number three at the moment. Number four is the Jags at nine and seven, and this week is going to be important for them. Um, you know, when you're in, lose your out kind of thing for the Jags. So they are at the four seed currently, though. Number five, we have the Browns, 11 and five. They've clinched a playoff spot. It looks like they're probably going to stay at number five. Yeah, I don't likely. think there's any way that they can move around, really. Yeah. And then number six uh, is the Bills, who are going to play the Dolphins this week. Like I said, we'll talk about it. Um, But they could possibly move to number two. They're kind of in the same Cowboys-Eagles situation, except they're playing each other. So... They could flip flop. And then you have the Colts who are nine and seven who are holding down the seven spot. And then in the hunt in the AFC hunts a lot smaller, just two teams, the Texans and the Steelers, both nine and seven as well. All right. Well, getting out of our, uh, getting out of our playoff talk, let's go ahead and move right into week 18 since it's going to have a lot of um, implications on the playoffs. Uh, let's start with this first game. And we got the Steelers going to the Ravens uh, Pittsburgh's favored by four points. Considering the Ravens are locked, they're not going to play anybody, but the Steelers still need this win. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that they're going to get into the playoffs, if you ask me. But 
Uh, I do think that they win this game. I mean, the Ravens are going to pretty much sit all their players, um, considering that there's nothing else that they have to play for. Um, this is really more so we we got to worry about what else is going to go on, I think, around the league. So uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers need a win, plus they need uh, either Buffalo to lose or Jacksonville to lose in order to get in. So they need some help. Uh, and that we don't know necessarily that will happen. I mean, the Buffalo is probably the more likely outcome, but we'll talk about that game in a minute. Do you want to move on to the next one? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got the Texans going to Indianapolis, and they have Indianapolis minus one, and this is going to be a really good football game. And it's on Saturday in primetime, which these two teams, I mean, I don't know if they would ever be in a primetime game if you had told me that preseason. I mean, these teams probably I would have expected to be 6-11 and 11 and probably 5-12 and 12 at the end of the season, and here they are both fighting for a playoff spot. So, I mean, it's really cool to see both these teams, uh, especially considering that they're two well-coached teams that we did not expect to see at this point uh, be playoff teams. And I think that I would probably, man, I, I really want to see C.J. Stroud make it into the playoffs, but I, I think I would trust the Colts a little bit better, um, especially at home. I think they're as much as I like D'Amico Ryans, I think that the Colts have a more intact roster um, at this point in the season than the Texans do. The Texans are hurting a little bit on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and I, I think I'd probably stick with the Colts in this one. Yeah, I think I want to take the Colts too. Um, they just seem like a safer pick, but I would much rather see the Texans in the playoffs. I'd much rather see C.J. Stroud in the playoffs. It would be cool personally. to see C.J. Stroud get a run at the playoffs and get that early experience because I think that the, the players that get that kind of experience super early in their careers, it benefits them so much later oh, down the, the Joe, road. The Joe Burrows, the Patrick Mahomes, the yeah. Josh Allens. They've yeah. they've already been to the playoffs, you know, and that that's hard to do in the NFL. There's a lot of, like, Matthew Stafford. Like, how many times has he been to the playoffs in his career? Right. It's you know, not like it, it doesn't it doesn't come around that often. So these young guys, it is really important. I agree. But let's go ahead and move on to this next one. Also, a really important game. Uh, Falcons going to New Orleans to play the Saints, and they have New Orleans minus three and a half. I'm all on New Orleans this game. Like I, Falcons are just dead in the water to me. I I have no idea like how. I, I mean, I thought that they were going to play Chicago close, given that it was kind of a must win game for them. And holy cow, they look terrible. So I, I'm going Saints all the way in this game. I think that game really worked out for Chicago um, in their favor, considering the weather. But Atlanta is supposed to be one of like the better teams at like running the football with the talent they have uh, being like a ground and pound kind of team and like a short pass kind of team. You'd think they'd come away with that one and they didn't last week. I like the Saints in this one, too. I I am so looking forward to when Arthur Smith is fired on Monday. Cannot wait for it. I mean, that team just needs a new coach. They need a new quarterback, and I think that team could really turn a new leaf next year. Um, they might have seen their new quarterback last week. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, for all we know. You're right. Uh, they can't. Um, let's right, let's, let's, let's not well, discount oh. that. I mean, I know that we're on the Saints, but the Falcons can get in. They have to. They can actually win the division, surprisingly. <laughs> they do have to win, and then Tampa Bay has to lose. But Tampa is playing the Panthers, and uh don't think that's likely. So, But uh, we can move on to the next game. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and move on. We have Joe Flacco and the Browns going to Cincinnati to play the Bengals, and the Bengals are minus five. Yeah, uh, well, Cleveland doesn't really have much to play for here. They're kind of locked in. I don't expect them to play anybody. So, I mean, I, I guess I take the Bengals. It's not really an important game. No, it's not. Let's just pass this one. Um, we got another not important game. We have the Jets going to New England to play the Patriots. New England minus two and a half. 
Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I think I will say I do think that the Patriots win this one because if this is Bill Belichick's last game as a Patriot, he hates the Jets, and there's no way he's going to lose to the Jets his last game as a Patriot. I agree. And also, can we talk about one thing real quick? Um, I told you the Patriots would cover 11 and a half last week. Yeah, they did. You're right. Um, all right. Anyways, uh, Jags and Titans. Jags are playing in Tennessee. They have Jacksonville minus four and Jacksonville. This is a must win week for them. And they're playing a division rival. Yeah. I mean, the Titans are down bad kind of. I mean, it seems like Ryan Tannehill may end up starting again um, after coming in halfway through last game. And uh, I, I think the Jags can win this one pretty easily. Uh, it, granted, it would be very AFC South for something like this to happen. I mean, years ago uh, or a couple of years ago, whenever the Colts lost that game against the Jags the last week of the season, when all they had to mm-hmm. do was win and they got into the playoffs. I, I mean, it, it's not out of the question. Uh, the thing is that if they do lose, they actually need help in order to still get in the playoffs. I mean, they would need a Pittsburgh loss and actually a Denver loss, which even though that game seems irrelevant this is the only case in which that would matter and then they would basically need the houston and indy game to not end in a tie which i mean pittsburgh losing actually seems pretty unlikely in in my opinion and then denver losing i mean who knows with that game yeah it's it's all a wash for a lot of these games so it's weird to tell who's going to come on top for what team to get through you know right the jags Um, really got to win this one like that really, that's that is what it is. Jags got to win. Um, let's move to this next one to another team that has to win. We have Tampa Bay going to the Panthers, like you said. Uh, Tampa Bay needs a win here to stay in the playoffs. Tampa Bay is minus five and a half. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if Tampa Bay loses, I, I they're out of the playoffs. It looks like so. Yeah, so it's it's got to be it's got to be there for yeah. Tampa. Bay. I, I think Tampa Bay is. I, I I'm big on Tampa this week. Yeah, me as well, man. I'm 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 pretty big on Tampa. Let's move on to the next game where the Dallas Cowboys need to beat the Washington Commanders. They're going to Washington. Um, Cowboys are minus 13 and a half points favorite here, uh, but they need this win to secure the two spot in the playoffs. I, I, you know, it would be so Cowboys to have this game be so much closer than it needs to be. I know. Don't even, don't even bring that up. I'm not saying that they're going to lose. I still think that they win, but I think that it's like, it's just very Cowboys of them to let it be like a touchdown game for no reason. No, I agree. Obviously you'd want them to win the division, but I mean, how, how much do you worry about them being a wild card team? If they lose this game, I'm, I'm not too worried. We get to play the NFC South uh, at the five spot. And yes, that does take away your home field advantage for most of the playoffs. Um, and it also would mean that we'd probably play San Fran in the second round, depending on how the other matchups went. Probably. But um, either way, Cowboys got to win in the playoffs. The Cowboys are good enough to beat anybody. They just have to be hitting on all cylinders like they know how to in certain moments. Yep. Um, yep. Anyways, let's move to this next one, man. We got the a meaningless football game. The Rams going to San Fran, play the 49ers, and the 49ers are minus four and a half. Flip a coin. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be backups on backups. It's going to be uh, Sam Darnold versus uh, I don't even know who the Rams backup is right now. I guess it used it's, to be uh, Stetson Bennett, but it's not anymore. What's is his name? Rippin? What's Rippin? Yeah, Brett Rippin. Yeah, yeah. That, that's who's that's who's playing. So, uh, give me Sam Darnold in that matchup. Actually, sure. I think I like I'll take Sam the, I'll take better. Sammy D. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, we have the Eagles going to the New York Giants and Philadelphia is minus five and a half. The Eagles have to win this one if they want a chance. Um, yeah. But I, this game, I don't think it's going to matter if the Cowboys win. I think this matter. is a big – I think it's a big uh, Eagles bounce back week because they. I believe these games are on at the same time. 
to prevent any kind of like, oh, let's see what's going to happen in the other game. And then if th- this happens, we're going to sit our players. You know, I-, I don't see that happening at all. I think that the Eagles go out and just take care of business in this one. So. All right. Yeah, I, I see the same thing happening as well. I mean, the Eagles need to figure something out before the playoffs. Might as well come right. out and have a good game and kind of work out all the kinks before you go. I, I think that's actually a good point. So, but yeah, moving on to the next game, what do we got? Yeah, we got um, the Bears going to Green Bay. Green Bay's minus three. Kind of weird because the Bears have already locked the number one pick. They could easily win this game and just spoil Green Bay and say, screw you, Green Bay. We don't like you. We just don't want you to get in. Which kind they might the same- do. I mean, I mean, it happened. Same thing happened last year. The Lions beat Green Bay, so neither of them got in. Yeah, I mean, it's very, and especially with the way that the team is kind of rallying around this uh, Matt Eberflus coach team and Justin Fields led offense. I, I think that there's a chance that I mean, the Bears could could play spoiler here pretty easily. Uh, I think it's really one of the better games that we'll probably see this week, considering what what's at stake here. I, I think that I, I'm I'm really leaning towards Green Bay still, uh, but I would not be shocked if the Bears win this game. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either, man. I mean, Justin Fields really is trying to prove something, I think, yeah. to the fan base and to the ownership and to the coaches um, that he is he is a starting quarterback in the NFL. So I think a win here would really help him going into the offseason. Right. All right, well, let's get to it. We got uh, Seattle going to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Seattle is minus three, and this is a must win for Seattle. Yeah, they have to win, and then Green Bay has to lose for them to get in. And – uh I honestly think the Cardinals are live in this game. Yeah, I think the Cardinals are too. That is that is actually I, I, one of my favorite takes of the week. Okay. I, I thought I might have been like a little hot. Not like, I don't want to say hot takey. I think I might have been like maybe a little too high on like them beating the Eagles and then saying, oh, you know, they'll, they'll automatically be better than the Seahawks who lost the Steelers last week. But I mean, what I saw from the... Cardinals offense against that pretty bad uh, Eagles defense. I I think that the Seattle defense is playing probably maybe a little bit better than the Eagles are, but not much better. I mean, they're still one of the worst, you know, lower half defenses in the league. And I think the Cardinals are playing pretty well on offense right now. I I wouldn't be shocked if they're able to just put up some points on these Seahawks. Yeah, me as well, man. I, I I really like the Cardinals this week against the Seahawks. The Seahawks are really going to have to come out and put some pressure on if they want to make the playoffs, so that's exciting. Um, be a yeah. good one to watch. Uh, let's get to this game. This game does not matter whatsoever. It's going to be Broncos-Raiders. Uh, Broncos at Las Vegas. Las Vegas is minus two and a half. And sure. if Las Vegas wins, they hit their over for the year and win totals. That's about sure. the only thing that's important for some of these non-playoff relevant games is like win totals. <laughs> so Yeah, well, I just want to say I was on the over for the Raiders win total. So maybe um, this matters to one. you. <laughs> it matters to me a little bit, like deep down inside. Other than that, give me the Raiders. I think they beat the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos are moving off of Russell Wilson, and they have a lot to figure out. Who do you like? Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. I forgot that happened after we stopped recording. So, yeah, uh, Russ is no longer the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. So that's going to be a super interesting storyline to follow. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. They traded a lot of assets for him, and uh, I mean – I don't know. I mean, could they sign somebody? Maybe they're a Kirk Cousins team going forward. Who knows, man? I have no idea what they're going to do at quarterback, but we can go on to the next game. Yeah, let's go ahead and move on. We have the Chiefs and Chargers uh, playing in Los Angeles, and they have the Chargers minus one and a half because the Chiefs are going to start absolutely nobody. Sure. This game doesn't really matter either. Flip a coin. <laughs> exactly. I'm right there with you. Um, And then we have 
Probably the most important matchup of the week. And there's a reason why it probably is the most important matchup because it's on Sunday night. And it is the Bills at Miami. And they have Buffalo minus three. And it looks like I'm riding Buffalo in this game because the Dolphins have just... They were early season darlings for me, but they have just fallen off um, with injuries and a couple games that they let slip away. It's just from the time they beat Denver 70 to 20, it has really been hard for me to really hop back on. I I think I'm on the bills too, man. It's, you know, just whenever I started to doubt them, you know, preseason take was for me, the preseason prediction was bills, Cowboys, Super Bowl, And I thought it was cooked at the mid season, which is why I changed it to Ravens 49ers. And now all of a sudden I'm like, maybe both could happen. <laughs> you know, that's like, crazy. Especially if the Bills win this game, they're the two seed. Yeah. And they are coming into the playoffs with a lot going for them, even yeah. despite the defensive injuries. Yeah. And I mean, they, the crazy thing is, I don't think I've seen really in recent memory a game where a team could end up being the two seed or out of the playoffs entirely as a result of whatever happens in week 18. And I think this could be, I don't want to say it's going to be one or the other, but I really think this could be like a great rushing performance by Josh, Josh Allen and this bills offense without those two ends to put pressure on Josh Allen. Um, Or it could go the other way where Josh Allen throws three or four picks. Yeah. I I, I don't think there's any in between. (laughs) I, I don't either. And that's what makes this game so tricky. Um, but I'm going to take the bills to win in Miami. Uh, really just, you know, the TV ratings are going to be through the roof on this game. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be nuts. Everybody's going to be watching this game. And I, I just think that I trust Josh Allen in a moment like that more than I trust Tua Tagovailoa. I agree. And I so, guess that's all the games this week, huh? Yeah, that is all the games this week. And that is all the do's or don'ts. What ifs, uh, for the playoffs coming up. We'll see. It's going to be right. an exciting day on Sunday. All right, and we'll go ahead and shift in the betting bros and give our picks for this next week. Before we get into our picks, our totals right now, uh, I am still in the positive $379.24. And Parker, he's slowly making his way back, but uh, still got to take some underdogs, man. It's uh, He's down 1,037, spot 3-2. You look, you made up 150 bucks this past week. If you, if you could kind of you know start to exponentially do that, you might be able to close the gap and make it to where come Super Bowl, you you got a shot. Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking for the Super Bowl, we're probably gonna have to do player props and stuff. We can like, no 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 with the Super Bowl we're gonna do you have to pick a line or or line or money line. You'll have to pick like maybe play the total of some sort and then or maybe even like any maybe we can throw in an anytime touchdown situation just to, it, depending on how close it is. I think we'll decide once we get there. Well do you want to go ahead and hear my picks going forward to next week? And yeah, let's do that. He, go ahead. Let's just go ahead and start the comeback. Um, all right. It. Well, my first team I picked this week, my first game I'm going to bet on. We already talked about it, and it is actually one of my favorite picks of the week, and that's the Cardinals money line plus 134 to upset the Seahawks and keep them out of playoffs. It's just one of those things where division rivals don't like each other. You already said Kyler doesn't want a quarterback. Kyler's going to try to play hard and try to get a dub here. I'm also going to take the opposite side of what you said. I am going to take the Jets money line to beat Bill Belichick at plus 126. I just think that the Jets have just been known the past six years to play with like many games with backup quarterbacks. And they're probably better at it than the than the Patriots are. 
<laughs> Sorry, this is crazy logic because it's you're saying like Jets football has been so bad that they're so used to playing with backup quarterbacks. It's like playing with a starting quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost. Yeah, almost. I mean, oh, dude, it's the, crazy. Like you remember the Mike White era, the jo- even yeah, the Joe, yeah, the yeah. Joe Flacco era. They did it with Brett Favre back in the day. Like they've done That's it right. multiple times. It's. I, I just think that they're better at it, and so I'm going to take the Jets plus one twenty six. Okay. And my lock of the week is going to be Tampa Bay minus five and a half against the Panthers at minus one ten. Locked up, it won't let me out. Come on. You know, it's a bad sign it. for you. Uh, and you'll see why. So I'm uh, going to go with my picks. I got New Orleans minus three and a half against the Atlanta Falcons. I, I just think that the Falcons are dead in the water. And uh, I got the Green Bay Packers minus three against the Chicago Bears. I, I just like them to go ahead and lock up that last playoff spot. And then my lock of the week, you already said it, man. I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus five and a half at the Carolina Panthers. Go ahead and place your bets now. Carolina money line. It's just never a good sign when it's like, you know, it's the it's the old like the the whole Sunday night football or Monday night football crew picks the same team to win. It, that's yeah, exactly it's what not happens good. between it's you. Not- whenever we both have the same lock, never a good sign. So no, it's but, never uh, a good sign. It's the last week of the regular season for betting bros, but we are going to continue into the playoffs. So stay tuned. Parker might make us come back. Maybe not. We'll see. But uh, I, that's really all we have for the show. There is one thing I'm going to close out the show with Parker. And uh, you know, we don't have fantasy five anymore, but now that we are going into the playoffs, we are going to be doing something that has been going for a couple of years now. And we enjoy doing it every year. And this time we're going to rename it because now we have a podcast. We can do this through here. And this is going to be the two-piece playoff challenge. And in the two-piece playoff challenge, it's basically a fantasy extension. So if you love playing fantasy football, you're going to get to do it in the playoffs. And you're going to be able to do it every single week. Regardless, there's no wins. There's no losses. You just have to score points. And... I'm going to invite our listeners to join us in this playoff challenge. There is a small due fee, so but it's there's money to be won if you want to win money. So if you are interested, you can DM our two peas on a pod Instagram page or even Twitter or even Facebook. Doesn't matter. Wherever you can find us, you can send us a message and say, hey, how do I get involved in the two peas playoff challenge? You can just send us a message. We'll respond. An insight into how that works is you are going to pick players at every position every week of the playoffs. Only caveat is you can't use the players twice. So if you use a player one week, they're gone. You cannot use them the rest of the way. So, and you're going to do that all the way up through the Super Bowl. And we have had plenty of people join this contest. So it, it depending on the amount of people that we get involved, the more money you can win if you win. So I think we've gotten like what? Like last year was like 30 people. We had about 30 to 35 people last year. And uh, it, I believe that we're going to do about $20 buy-in, I believe. So if you are interested, it's not super expensive. Um, but $20 to play, you know, a whole, another month of fantasy football, which I don't think anybody's going to complain about. And uh, you can win, I believe, it, you know, if there's about the same amount of people, you can win a decent amount. I think uh, first place got about three to $400 last year. I can't remember. But something like yeah. that. I mean, yeah, it's really more for the fun of like, hey, I have fantasy football to play and there's that many people playing and there's no draft involved. There's no there's no, no. headache involved, really. It's just nope. uh, it's just a who do you like this week? Yep. And you set it, a lineup every week, but you can't. It's use almost like twice. it's almost like a daily fantasy type of game. If you've ever played D- DFS, it's almost like that. 
except with a couple of special rules that you can't use them again. So uh, think about it that way. If you play like DraftKings or if you play um, maybe yeah, yeah, FanDuel, like the daily fantasy sports contests, uh, it's it's like that. So if you're interested, DM us. We'll give you more info. But uh, that's all I wanted to leave the show with, considering that this is around the, about, around the time that we get that kicked off. Yeah, man, I'm super excited for that. That's like that's a really fun contest every year. Um, like Peyton said, just reach out. That'll be really fun uh, to get as many, especially if we have some listeners hop in on this action. Um, it, it's just a good time. You'll get to play fantasy with me, Peyton. A lot of our guys that we talk about, a lot of the guests that come on the show are in uh, in this league as well. So c- come and give it a shot. It's a good time. All right, and uh, that is it for the last regular season preview episode, man. Uh, do you have anything to say before we leave? No, man, I, I just want to wish everybody good luck uh, to their teams that are trying to get into the playoffs this week. All of my uh, Bills, Dolphins, you know, players that are in the hunt, you know, my, my Texans, Steelers, even my Green, even the Green Bay, you know, the Vikings fans. All these guys are just on the edge of their seats trying to squeeze into the playoffs. Good luck to all of you. And uh, that'll that'll do it for me, Peyton. All right, man. Well, you know, it's been a great regular season talking football with you. We'll recap the last week of the regular season next week. And uh I'm ready to talk some playoff football next week. Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm excited. All right, man. Well, talk to you later. All right, guys. Peace.